Hello, my name is Hugh Agro, President and CEO of Revival Gold. We're advancing the Bear Track Arnett Gold Project located in Idaho, USA. We've got 3 million ounces of gold in the resource. We're moving towards a PFS on the first phase heap leach aspect of this project. And meanwhile, we're continuing to drill. Last year's drill results at the tail end of the season, we hit 14 meters of 12 grams per ton gold in the Joss zone. And we'll be back there in May. Hugh, good to see you, sir. Um, I, I think we officially saw each other back in uh, December when you were at uh, 55 cents, you know, 70 cents. Uh, but we have had a couple of failed attempts, I think technically from our side, to uh, get do a little bit more of a deeper dive in terms of the uh, technical um, analysis and due diligence. So we are gonna probably move that to next month when your resource should be out. You're, you're, you're okay with that, aren't you? Yes, I think that'd be wonderful. We'll get some of our team members on and uh, we'll love to tell you about the developments on the resource. It's uh, it's an exciting uh, follow-up to the last two years of drilling. Yeah, it, it is. There was a lot went through and so we've got a better, better understanding, um, I guess, internally. We need to get that out and uh, share that with people. So, look, Hugh, um, you kind of recently... Um, Put out a sort of an update statement. I just kind of wanted to kind of run through um, some of what's going on there and where we should be looking because it looks like you're going to be quite busy in 2022. I just need to understand the order of play. So, um, should we start with Bear Track Arnett? Yes. First, the resource update, which we've talked about in April. Uh, next, in May, we'll start drilling again. We've got 4,000 meters of core drilling planned in the Joss area, which I mentioned earlier is a high grade opportunity for revival gold. We'll then move into RC drilling with another 3,000 meters later this season, looking for additional oxide opportunities for our heap leach uh, project that's already in PA stage going to PFS. Okay, so just in, just in terms of the where you think the, the value is coming from, because you know what are you 60 million market cap, right? So people are looking, got very very excited about the recent sort of you know the high grade stuff. You know, like say you're putting out like you know four and a half over 100 and, uh, four and a half grams over 110 meters, 12 grams over 14 meters, eight grams over 12. The, the, those are the numbers that get the market excited. But you've got to kind of piece this together, the the different projects together in a way which builds a picture for long-term success. So can you just sort of help us with understanding how you're going to deploy the capital that you raised recently um, this year to, you know, deliver the stepping stones that you need to do this the right way rather than just hunting for headlines? Well, part of it is in working from a brownfield site. And the other part of it is taking a phased approach. And in that phased approach, we'll start with a relatively modest heap leach aspect to this project. So we're talking about something in the order of 72,000 ounces a year, $50 million of free cash flow a year at 1750 gold. But the bigger play is the exploration beyond that initial phase of the project. And what we want to do is thread the needle, if I can put it that way, between getting into production for a relatively modest amount of capital, currently contemplated at 100 million under the PEA, and, and then build out the potential for a long mine life in this great jurisdiction of Idaho. Uh, and we do that, as I said, brownfield site, uh, phased approach, and uh, we're working towards engineering right now that'll take us forward. Right, so the, the, the heat, well, the heat leach has indicated in the PEA, obviously the numbers look 
look good, but you'll need to provide some kind of robustness to them. So you're planning on the PFS later this year. What's, what's the timing on that? Uh, by the end of this year. So Q4 at some point, or you, are we? is this one of these things that literally right up to the end of the year because you want to you want to get as much in there yeah. as possible? Yeah, we do want to get as much in there as possible. Uh, there's a lot of engineering that's going into the PFS. We've got 13 column tests under underway to improve on our metallurgical recoveries. We've got geotechnical work to improve on our pit slopes, hydrological work, uh, environmental baseline, uh, supplemental data being collected. All of these things will play into that PFS. So we're going to need the full uh, year to complete that job. By early 2023, we're going to have a view on the steps forward with respect to that first phase heap leach and the timing to take us into uh, production. Meanwhile, exploration will continue. And uh, I can't take my, uh, I cannot emphasize enough the opportunity we have at Bear Track Arnett, a kilometer of strike, 7.3 grams per ton gold in the average of the 18 drill holes on that Panther Creek shear zone gives us a great opportunity for a high grade second phase opportunity uh, at, at, at Bear Track beyond the heap leach project. It's worth reiterating. I mean, you've not missed yet with a hole. I thought that was interesting that you hit gold every single time, um, <laughs> which is, you know, it is truly amazing. Um, but here's, here's a question. And this, this question sent in, and it's a fair, fair question. It's, it's one I ask um, a lot around the, the, the thinking and the, and, the, and the mindset in this current environment, which is obviously with supply chain issues last year, we saw inflation creeping up. With the printing of money, we've seen inflation creeping up. And mining across the board has been hit hard by this. Some companies are fearful of going too quickly into the next study because they're going to have to put down and show the economics, which reflect a higher cost environment, right? Which potentially, you know, um, damages margins or, or quite frankly, the economic viability of projects. So why not? Here's the question. I get there in the end. Why not expand the drill program? and postpone or delay the PFS? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it, the way we're looking at this PFS is a, a de-risking step along the way. Uh, yes, we are seeing cost inflation, no question about that. But we want to have that in our minds as we plan our exploration programs. And uh, we'll see what the economists come out of that PFS. The first phase uh, of our work in the PEA was successful. And I think we're continuing to add mineralization and the opportunity to expand the mine life, expand the margins uh, through engineering factors, scheduling, improving on the operational plan. But mines are made. And you do that by doing the homework, by doing the detailed work around engineering, by understanding the, the environment in which you're permitting and the environment in which you're working, and to bring that forward to, uh, you know, to a point where you've got enough data and enough clarity and certainty of information that you've de-risked the project to make an investment decision. The only way to do that is to continue to march forward with engineering uh, aspects of these uh, of these exploration development projects. Drilling is just part of the equation. We've got to do the homework to understand the uh, technical factors to de-risk and take these projects forward. And at the end uh, of the day, we're uh, in this to make investors money. There's no sense sitting on uh, drill data uh, with misunderstanding around the economics of that drill data, we're hunting for value, not ounces. True. But again, in people's minds, and like I said, perception is reality in all of this, is people are trying to understand lost opportunity cost versus the reality of the cost today 
and future costs. So, you know, have you ever seen a situation where costs come down? You know, will, well, I guess fuel can get cheaper. Will, sal will salaries get cheaper? Will the cost of drilling per meter get cheaper? Will, will that ever be reflected back in, into this? So do you, that, that's, the, that's the question you're, you have and the debate you guys have at, at board level. And I guess uh, retail investors want to try and understand, well, what does that argument for, on both sides look like? Yeah. So yes, costs are going up and we're seeing that in our drilling costs. We're seeing that in the estimates for our mining costs, even on this resource, uh, which will come out next month. But we're also seeing an increase in the gold price. And so the careful balancing act that uh, miners do is to make sure that revenues will exceed expenses and to make sure that we're finding more gold to add more value to these projects. I emphasize we have 3 million ounces of gold in the ground. The price of gold has doubled since we started this business in, uh, in 2017. And I think that that's bringing more revenue opportunity to the equation. Yes, we have higher costs to contend with but it's also uh, an environment where we're getting more revenue. And that's a great business to be in. Uh, I think the margins will continue to be uh, challenged as we go forward, but they are expanding as far as we're seeing with the drill bit, with the engineering study work, and with the uh, excellent job that our engineers are doing to optimize what we have. Okay, so right, you, you said the heat, the heat bleach model, um, is a way of well getting to revenue, right? Getting to production, getting a re-rate for getting into production potentially too, and an increase in gold price may well well should either cancel out rising costs or indeed um, you know it, it, it exceed your expectations. So that, that's all good. Um, and what's the so give us the complete sort of time frame on something like that, so we can just I want to be able to park that up and focus on the expiration because I think we're excited about the expiration potential. On your on your assets because they they're exceptional, right? So heat bleach. If we look at a time frame, what would be an ideal time frame where we say, well, we think we can get some revenue going here on this thing? What, what would that look like? Yeah. So we'll have the PFS done into this year. We'll have our baseline uh, data collected as supplemental to what we've got in 30 years of uh, history on this site. And by early 2023, we'll be able to give some very specific guidance on our plans with respect to bringing this back into uh, production. My uh, uh, guesstimate at this point in time is we're looking at uh, the 2024-2025 timeframe for uh, a construction uh, start. Uh, we're dealing with a brownfield site, so it's not like we have to do a lot of earth moving or bring power lines in. Uh, so it'll it'll move relatively quickly, uh, but we're looking at 2024, 2025 kind of time frame. Right. Okay. Um, for the construction decision, and then what was that look like? 18 months, 24 months built, or was it heat bleach a little no, bit quicker? I think, I think I think with the site that we have and the, and the amount of uh, uh, work that we're looking at doing, it's uh, it's going to be less than 18 months. Okay. Okay. I just want to have people. Uh, I, Listening to this, have that in their mind and get a sense of what you're going to be doing, obviously on that front, but also the 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 time frame to revenue. And you're talking about 100, 100 million or, or, or there thereabouts. I guess that'll change at plus or minus um, over the over the next um, two to three years or two and a half years. Um, so that's fine. Um, 
What, what so right? So can we? Do you mind if we kind of jump back over to the ex exploration side of things? Because I say some of the numbers that has been coming out of the Jobbers are pretty good. You you got to be got to be pleased with this. Um, why didn't you raise more money um, recently? <laughs> Great question. We've got a ton of drill targets, and it's very exciting to be uh, drilling at Bear Track Arnett. The reason we didn't raise more money is that. Uh, we're stewards of the capital. We've got 86 million shares outstanding. And you'll notice, uh, uh, Matt, in our track record, we've been very careful about issuing shares and spending money where we could deliver value. And, um, and, and we see uh, lots of opportunity to continue to drill, but we want to get that share price up before we start raising the next rounds of capital to do uh, the, the further work on this project. We've got such a beautiful opportunity in the Joss area. We're getting in for the first time this year into uh, outlying oxide targets from our Hades satellite deposit. We've got the Romans trench target, which we haven't drilled yet. There's some historic holes in there though, with over, uh, over 20 meters of uh, almost two grams per ton gold in oxides close to surface right on the hall road from Haiti. So we want to get in and test those places. We've got a, a, an undercover target in the Midlands that we want to go uh, test. Um, so it's a, it, it, we've got some very big catalysts in front of us in terms of exploration. And then, you know, and, and not to dismiss this, uh, uh, because we went, we went, we so we talked about the development plans, the engineering work that's underway, but there's a lot of de-risking that's going on with our metallurgical test work, our geotechnical work, and all of those things are important to surfacing value. Currently, we're trading at $12, $13 an ounce in the ground. And as this project moves forward, I think we'll get closer to that uh, two to three times return potential that we see in some of our peers that are on the same path um, and, or a little bit further ahead and trading at uh, multiples to where we are today. So answer your question, we wanna bring more value into our stock before we issue more shares. And, uh, and uh, certainly we have the drill targets, but it's a matter of getting the right timing, the right uh, 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 to, news into our, um, into our story, and we'll go from there. Right, and, and who picked that up? It was, a, it was a private placement. So who did you bring into the register? So primarily Donald Smith and Co. And Donald Smith is one of the largest investors in the gold space. Uh, they told me that they haven't made a junior investment in uh, two or three years. Uh, so this is uh, a very, uh, you know, a very good indication of a very smart investor uh, taking uh, taking a hold of revival gold and uh, and and joining us in the uh, in the march to value creation. Why are they in this stock? They are a deep value investor that has a love for domestic gold stories, and uh, we offer that in spades. We also have the technical team, and uh, we have people who've done this before. So. From a Donald Smith point of view, low risk jurisdiction, great quality team, and the financing to unlock value through the drill bit and through engineering. Well, see, that's a really interesting point to me, and perhaps one that people need to understand a little bit more. You're a 60 million market cap company. I've said that's twice I've said it now. It, it's, a, it's a small company. Guys like them don't come down this area, but they may not have invested in junior for the last three years, but I, there's not too many institutions who would, would you know, dip their toes below 100 million, 150, probably 200 million. So I, I, I get they're fundamental investors and so forth, but could you give me the pitch that you gave them 
for them to to get them over the line because that's that's a that's a big deal in terms of you know investment committees and the process that they would have to go through to say do you know what this small company is something where I think it's worth putting a big chunk of our our um, change into because I'm intrigued by that it's it's it's, it's either a, either a personal relationship that you've got with someone there or it's they've they've looked at this and listened to what you said. And I'm interested in what, what was the thing that got them over the line? Yeah, it was four years of hard work uh, and a team that's delivered on everything we've said we would deliver on. Uh, when we came to this story four and a half years ago, uh, there was no resource. Uh, there was uh, no uh, plan. Uh, and over the course of the last four and a half years, we've built up a three million ounce resource, a PA economics on the first phase. Uh, we've done that on a very modest uh, uh, budget. And uh, we've been careful with the uh, with the share count. Uh, this I can't emphasize that enough. Uh, we've been very careful with the share count. And I think as a deep value investor, Donald Smith uh, does their homework, looks for the quality of team, the asset that can advance, that has the milestones, that has the catalysts, and the team that can deliver. And uh, they do their homework on all those things. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's not a relationship that uh, you know just turns into a uh, into a check. It's it's delivery, and and uh, it's taken four years to get to that point. Um, but we're happy to have Donald Smith on board, along with our other institutional owners, all of which are quality gold funds, and um, and 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 uh, all of which are optimistic about revival goals, even if the gold price doesn't move from here. Uh, they are optimistic about what we've developed and what we are delivering in terms of value uh, on the BearTrack Arnett site. Okay, you're okay. Money in, you've immediately brought someone in on, onto the board, Tim Warman. Um, you know, track track record solid, been at all the right places, been around the block. Um, is this just a nameplate guy, or is he actually going to be helping you? Because because you're an engineer, you've got a lot of engineers on the team. Um, he brings something slightly different, doesn't he? He does, yes. Um, we've got uh, lawyers, we've got finance people, we've got engineers, we've got operators, we've got company builders, we've got geologists. Um, and what Tim brings to the table is the recent experience of taking the PAN project successfully from a concept to a producing asset through to the acquisition by uh, Calibre. And, uh, you know, that's no small feat, right? There's a lot of challenges to get from A to B. And uh, we're, uh, you know, at a similar stage uh, as when Tim came along on the PAN project. We think that expertise that he brings to the table will be a value add for our investors. And guess what? Tim's an excited guy uh, about our project and the geological potential. And he's got a great eye for that. He's been part of discovering a lot of ounces with Aurelian, with others, and uh, he can see the potential in the geology as well. So we're looking for Tim to help us on all of those fronts, the execution, the discovery, the leadership, the vision. Um, uh, we just super add to our team and a complementing uh, aspect to a board that's got a lot of experience already. Okay, look, I'm, Tim, I want to keep it like sh- short and sweet today because it's really about sort of, you know just reminding ourselves of the business model that you guys are employing, um, how you've, you've constructed that. I think um, you're going to come back when the resource is out in April and let's kind of 
dive deep into the exploration component to there and have a slightly more technical interview. We will summarize it for, um, you know, I think for the Correction Investor um, members and try in terms of interpreting what it is that we, we talk about that day. So hopefully we'll make it a bit easier for everyone. But um, great year lined up for you guys, financed. Uh, I look forward to um, keeping uh, close tabs on you. Thank you, Matt.